but some people are more inclined to really search and, than others. You know, the majority of people are just ready to plug in to the system, you know, and just live a mediocre life. Well, that's too bad, but, <laughs> you know, maybe some future time they'll be a little less satisfied with that. Hi, and welcome to the Breaking Trail podcast. My name is Ruben, and this podcast is where you learn to navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom through the talks between me and my friend and Vedic scholar Malakia. Today's talk will be about how to overcome addictions, the root cause of the environmental crisis, um, various spiritual paths, where they lead us, where psychedelica leads us, Kundalini Yoga, and so much more. So happy to have you here and let's start. <laughs> Aren't most uh, podcasts with video? Uh, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I only know two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm very well educated. I know two. <laughs> you guys got new snow out there? Yeah, yeah, a lot of snow, and it's so beautiful out. No, it's sunny. I see it out the window. Yeah, you do. Yeah, if you're, if you, yeah, you can see those skis as well. You see it over. There in the window, you see those skis? That's a pair of skis <laughs> toward the window. <laughs> you see that? Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking out the other window, the one behind you. Oh, yeah, because that one is like kind of kind of white. You don't see really, but this one you see. Yeah, more. that one's just like fogged out. Uh, yeah, like <clears throat> I said. The whole outside looks foggy. It's not, it's not so foggy. It's... Uh... Yeah. So what's the topic tonight? Or <laughs> so, do you know? Well, the only thing I know is that we're going to start from the end of your father, your dad. <laughs> the no. end of my father. No, 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 not the end. My father died. <laughs> That's where we begin. <clears throat> That's right, the intoxication part. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Yeah, we were speaking last time, Malaki, about um, your father and, well, one of the things that he said. So I wanted us to like follow up today on that um, and see where the, where where we take it from there. But basically, you said that you're, or I remember that. So I said because I remember that your father said something to the extent of, if you don't start anything, you don't have to quit. And we were. Yeah, that's that's what he was referring to intoxication, you know, and. We were talking about healthy lifestyle last time. Exactly, right. And uh, one of the main things to have a really healthy lifestyle, both physically, mentally, and spiritually, is to refrain from intoxication. Yeah. And the Vedic scriptures teach it. All yoga philosophies that are still pure, to some degree anyway, teach no intoxication. You know, and when we had our discussion on Buddhism, that was also one of the five precepts of yeah. Buddhism was no intoxication. So obviously, and as I 
probably have mentioned on more than one occasion, I was raised in a Christian family and in a Christian community, Christian environment. And so at that time in the Christian Protestant circle that I grew up in, there was no intoxication allowed. Hmm. You know, so especially alcohol. Drugs didn't even exist in those days. It was like in, you know... 1940s and 50s, and, Hmm. you know, nobody worried about their kids taking drugs. There was no drugs. (laughs) (laughs) But, of course, there was and always probably has been. Alcohol. Will be alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the the people who actually followed the teachings of Christianity refrained from alcohol. And if they really followed it, they refrained from tobacco as well. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. But, of course, that wasn't as, as strict, and, and I knew many, you know, men, and mainly men in our church that smoked yeah. or chewed tobacco or mm. smoked a cigar, cigar or whatever. But anyway, my father never did any of those things. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink. You know, he didn't do anything in that area. And so when I was... Becoming a teenager, you know, and susceptible to that influence. And he said, you know, I want to tell you something. If you never start, you never have to quit. (laughs) And he said, the reason I never got involved in any of those things is because I didn't want some force bigger than myself, some outside force controlling me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that was his, that was his strength, you know, and so, yeah, he never did that. So I always remember that. If you never start, you never have to quit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> starting's easy, the quitting's hard. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> and, yeah, so. So you were never. Anyway. No, so, so, it's, hmm? so there was no, no one, like that problem wasn't there in your youth at all? Like, how about your friends? How about the people that you were? Well, I didn't say I followed that to the end, (laughs) you know, but all through, all through high school and so on, you know, I didn't, I didn't do any of that stuff. Then you grow up and you go off to university and there's all the, you know, fraternity parties and you're away from home and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so... You know, after a couple of years of that, you know, I started a little bit of that activity, but I never got really into it. You know, I wasn't like really like that wasn't important to me. It was on occasion for a a party or whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, but it wasn't like I had to do that kind of thing. But smoking, I never did that. I, I always knew that was stupid from yeah, yeah. any angle I could even view it from. I just knew that that's a dumb thing to do. And they have the, they, they have this snooze in Sweden as well as like all of my friends used when I was younger, or not all of my friends, but it was very very common. It's something that you like put under your lip. It's a little bag. Oh, I know of, what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Copenhagen and. <laughs> you have, like, the yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, every Swiss guy I knew, I, I knew a few Swiss people from skiing in in Austria, 
mm. you know, because the ones I knew were all ski bums, and they lived. We used to go to San Antonio, Ostia, on a regular basis every year. And over, you know, we met these guys, and they were all nice guys. You know, they were just ski bums, you know, and worked in the ski shops or, you know, in the restaurants or whatever they had to do to support their ski habit. Yeah. Right? And they all used this snooze. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, when I grew up, you know, they had snuff, which is the same thing. It's just a different way to do it. You just, a powder tobacco you put in your lip. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it wasn't in those little convenient no. packets. No, no, no. You know, so you just put it underneath your your lip. So people did that. But the Swedish guys, man, they were deep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one guy used to use two at a time. You know, one wasn't enough. He'd do two at yeah. a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's better than it's loose. And then you have loose and it's like pouring everywhere down and you just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was another story. But but it's it's interesting what you said about like the, the control part. And I guess that's, that's somewhere like, because people, I've, I've heard both versions, like, because I'm the same. Like, I've always thought that I didn't want to lose control. So I was never really interested in alcohol or any drugs because I, I felt like I... And the one time that I did, <laughs> like it, that's an interesting, yeah. Well, the, the one time I did get into some, uh, yeah, what would you put it, some some kind of drugs, I, I didn't feel good at all because I was losing control. But some people would say they want to lose control <laughs> and that's why they do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true, you know, and it's it has its allurement, so to speak. Yeah, you know, take a journey somewhere. You don't know where you're going to go, but you know you're going somewhere and somewhere else in here at least. Buckle, buckle up and let's go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, in the in the late '60s, early '70s, that whole dimension of activity was. For some people, I, won't, I definitely will not say all people, but for some people it was like an exploration. You know, like going into outer space is an exploration, right? <laughs> You're going into an unknown yeah. dimension. With the, and they're still trying to do that, go to the moon, go to Mars, mm. go whatever. You know, so it was more like that, but, you know, it's an internal journey into another unknown dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so... And, and and that's yeah and and it, well I yeah. personally always understood that okay this is opening up avenues of awareness that were not available before but it's just a stepping stone like okay I know this is not the answer and this is not really the solution or the real way to get there but you know it's a stepping stone that you know, kind of inspired you to, to to go in that direction. So for some people, it actually was kind of fueling a spiritual quest. Because but you, like I say, that's definitely not promoting it, and it's not, you know, for many people like that, it, it turned for a lot of people into just, you know, a drug addiction or dependency or... And I guess that's a problem. You know, stupid you could, things. And- you, could, you, could, you can get stuck in that because that's something, I mean, I've heard a lot as well among spiritual, like in the spiritual, 
what does what what to say like among people who try to follow a spiritual lifestyle that they say it's opening doors but but then you say i mean it's like you say you can really get stuck in that and you can get lost you can get sidetracked <clears throat> and what what they you know of course i didn't know and and you know they don't know either the people that say this is it's not really opening spiritual doors it's opening doors into the subtle material dimension to the astral dimension the psychic dimension hmm. you know it's it's not actually opening spiritual doors it's just like if you know there's three or four different doors out of your house and one takes you to one place and one to another place and and so on but it's all just another part of the material dimension you know it, it wasn't a spiritual journey none of those you know drug induced experiences were spiritual because it says specifically in the most pure spiritual scriptures that this is forbidden you know and a spiritual journey is a journey to come closer to the supreme person and if supreme persons in a relationship and if the supreme person says don't do this and you do it what is that doing to the relationship then obviously it's not bringing you closer to him because he didn't say that <laughs> yeah. yeah so i see you know all this this you know psychedelic stuff that's still you know quite popular in some dimensions in the shamanism and so on today yeah mm. and you know the native americans you know some tribes in and uh, specifically were like you know the hopi indians they take took a, and still do as part of their religious ceremony yeah. they take peyote yeah which is from the cactus plant you know and and the, the ingredient in peyote that makes you high and so on is mescaline mhm and so that's part of their their ritual to go into this astral dimension and have visions you know they call it going on a vision quest a lot of times they combine it with fasting so that enhances uh -huh. the whole you know experience and so <clears throat> that's that's what their use is but it's again not spiritual it's just entrance into the psychic astral dimension of the material world okay could you could you explain what that means really for someone who's new maybe to this podcast haven't really heard you speaking before like could you explain what 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 is that and what's the difference between that and the spiritual the psychic the mental what is well it's two distinct worlds <clears throat> or dimensions one is the material world mm. which we're in now composed of innumerable spiritual universes and in each universe there's innumerable planets but they're all composed of material energy right in fact we were just reading that in bhagavad gita today in the seventh chapter earth water fire air ether these five elements make up the gross physical world that we see like i'm looking at you and your house and all the things in the camera and that's all external gross material energy mm -hmm. but then there's a subtle material dimension of material energy called the mind intelligence and false ego so this is the psychic world 
or the astral dimension. Some people like to describe it as a parallel parallel world. You know, there's two worlds, the physical that you see with your physical senses, and then this parallel world. <laughs> sure and, is, uh, the background is... Yeah, our, <laughs> our, our poster just fell down. <laughs> That's okay. But... Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> this is the realm of the mind. And so that's, you know, another whole subtle dimension of material existence. So when you leave your gross physical body, for instance, at the time of death, mm. you the spirit soul, and we always have to come back to that, mm. the eternal spirit soul are spiritual energy. We're not material energy, either gross or subtle. Yeah. But we're another whole energy, uh, spiritual energy, also described in Bhagavad Gita as superior energy. So the Supreme Lord and all living entities are superior energy. As opposed to matter. And then matter, the material world, is comprised of inferior energy or material energy. Okay. Mm. So we, the spirit soul, this spiritual person that we are, are in these two material bodies, the physical body and the mental body. When we leave the physical body at the time of death, we are still covered by the subtle mental body. We don't leave that behind. All we leave is the gross physical body, and that's the one that they, you know, bury or cremate or whatever is mm -hmm. done with that lump of matter. But we're still covered by this subtle material body, and this is the body of desire. This is where our sentiments are and our emotions, and etc. Mm. This is where the mind is. And so, therefore, we, in transitioning between one gross physical body and the next physical body, are still in this subtle material body, and this is that subtle material dimension, hmm. if you can understand that. So it's kind of like... It's just, I mean, yeah, it's like you're walking on the planet Earth. You know, that's, this, is, this is not a perfect example, but maybe a yeah. You're walking on planet Earth, and here's the trees, and here's the water, and here's the dirt, and here's all that. Mm -hmm. And then you go up in an airplane or a balloon or however you get up there. Now you're, you've left that, but you're in this subtler energy. You know, air is much less dense or more subtle than Earth, yeah. you know. And then beyond the air is the ether, but it's still in the material world. It's just a different part of it. Let's say that gross level of material mm -hmm. energy. That air and ether part is a, just another part of the same thing. Kind of like you can you so if you go see beyond, air, you can't you can't touch air. You can't see air. Yeah. You can't really like uh, yeah. Uh, but it's there. Yeah, you can feel it, but you can't see it. Uh -huh. But then if you go to the ether. You can't feel it, but that's where sound originates. Sound comes from the ether. Mm. 
And anyway, that's just an example that beyond the physical, there is a gross physical, there's a subtle physical or mental or however Mm -hmm. you want to describe it to help you understand it. And that's where, you know, people reside in their subtle bodies. That's the dimension of the ghost and the spirits. So when the Native Americans, for instance, they, they talk a lot about and put a lot of emphasis and focus on spirit or the spirit world. And that's that world. And, and all the, the you know, communication between one that's still in their physical body here on the gross level, communicating with one who has left that right. and is, right. you know, the communicating with the grandma or ancestors, you know, and... your mother or father or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, that's they're in that subtle dimension and they're communicating back to you in the gross dimension yeah. through a medium who has some access to both sides. And so they think or call this or perceive this to be the spiritual world, but it's not. Beyond the whole material dimension, there is the spiritual world. And there is no matter there. There's no material energy, gross or subtle. It's all superior or spiritual energy. Or life, yeah. I mean, that's... Which is life, and that's that's what life is. All spirit is alive. There's no such thing as dead spirit. Mm. See, whereas all matter is dead. The only thing that gives life to matter is the presence of the spirit soul in that matter. So right. your body's, you know, nodding and hearing, and <laughs> you know your mind is, you know, contemplating and understanding and so on. Because you are in that body. But if you leave that body, none of that will take place. You know, there's no life there. There's nobody in that body to listen to what I'm saying. Okay, so when when you leave your body, there's nobody Mm. present to hear what I'm saying, to contemplate what I'm saying, to react to what I'm saying, and so on. Because you've gone. You're not there. And that's what you experience when you come across a dead body. There's nobody here. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. So, yeah, yeah, you know, you can kick a dead body, stab it, cut it into pieces. Nobody protests. Either the either the body itself or somebody looking because, hey, you know, it's just a body. Yeah. You know, if it's a human body, somebody might protest. But, you know, that's what hunters do all the time. Right. (laughs) They kill <laughs> bodies, you know, and cut them up and take them home and brag about it and, you know, mm-hmm. have venison steak or moose steak. <laughs> and nobody <laughs> protests that, you know. No. So anyway, the point is what makes the body valuable is the soul inside. Hmm. So once the soul has become qualified, you know, through... Yoga practice, spiritual practice, you know, and you've reestablished a relationship with the Supreme Lord, or you've, uh, you know, taken another spiritual yoga path and, you know, achieved a certain level of non attachment and so on to the material dimension. 
You can enter the spiritual sky. You know, it's a big subject we don't have time to get into. Yeah. But you have to be qualified to do that. It's not like you can do it with a spacecraft. You know, you can't build a mechanical <laughs> contrivance to go through the spiritual world. It's all about being qualified to be allowed to enter into that dimension. So, and, and so in, uh, the idea the same way started this whole... Yeah, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. I mean, you, you, you cannot take a substance like a spaceship, like in the form of your substance taking you to that spiritual world because yes. it doesn't so drug and drugs don't qualify you to enter that spiritual dimension mm -hmm. you know and, But, and some people may go ahead no that that's uh, that's we often have the idea that i'm going to climb up to that world i'm going to make that effort like i'm going to get there on my you know hard work and my whatever effort if if it's drugs or if it's like some genuine spiritual practice or what it is but while the opposite is more true right you don't have to certainly like you don't have to work your way there in a sense <clears throat> well there's two different paths or processes the ascending process and the descending process mm -hmm. so do different schools of yoga adopt one or the other of these two. So, you know, somewhat popular today is kundalini yoga. Mm -hmm. And that's in the category of the ascending process, astanga yoga, etc. You know, through your own endeavors, applying, you know, the techniques of these yogas, you can raise the kundalini, if we're talking about kundalini, you know, from the lower chakras through the different chakras to ultimately the highest chakra or the Brahma Rudra, the crown chakra. Mm -hmm. And this is not a simple process. This is very difficult. See? And then at the Brahma Rudra or the crown chakra, you know, if there's enough, you know, desire and devotion and you're allowed to do so, the spirit soul can leave the body behind, and both gross and physical bodies and actually go into the spiritual sky. And now you're a spiritual spark. The spiritual sky is an ocean of spiritual light. So you, the spiritual spark, can merge into this ocean of spiritual light, just like a drop of water can merge into the ocean. See, But the difference in the ocean and the drop analogy and this merging into the Brahma Jyoti or Brahman effulgence is that the drop of water actually does completely dissipate and it's no longer a drop. I mean, it's, it's gone. Now it's just, you know, another group of molecules dispersed throughout the water. Whereas the spirit soul is an eternal individual. And it can't disperse. It can't break up and just merge into this ocean of light. Mm. It can be that drop in the ocean of drops, if you want to. But it's still the individual. It's the, the spiritual spark in the ocean of sparks. Mm -hmm. But it's still the individual same person that it's always been, but the awareness of that individuality 
has gone. You're not aware of that individuality. So the the experience is one is one of oneness. I am one with all. I am the energy merged with the totality of energy. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that's just the conception, see. It's still part of an illusion. It's not absolutely correct. Just like the illusion in this world is, I'm my material body. Hmm. Yeah. That's not true, but that's the experience I have. I am this body. Mm-hmm. So there, the experience is, I am nothing. I have merged. I am everything. Mm. See, that's the the functioning experience, but it's not True, it's still an illusion. I'm still that individual spirit soul, see? Hmm. And so it's not perfection. Hmm. And then eventually, because the soul by nature needs activity, it needs service, and it needs love. These are the three inherent characteristics of the soul that the soul needs. I mean, it's, it's who the soul is. It's, it's a spark of activity, service, and love. Mm. So in this merged condition, there's none of that available. So that need will eventually make it so that individual, spirit, soul, will leave that ocean of light and come back into the material world, enter into another material body, where all those three necessities are available, but, of course, again, under the illusion. So they take on another material body. They're back in the world of forms. You know, there's activity. Now they're they're completely active in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, can render service. That that is a natural Mm. activity of the soul. And, you know, they can try to find that love that they're looking for. And and so that's not the complete journey. It's it's just the temporary exit or, or vacation or <laughs> journey into the spiritual dimension and then you come back. But but that's still use I mean <laughs> using drugs for that motivation I guess would be kind of rare for the average who you know, for the average guy who's listening to this podcast, I guess like that seems well. Like, I didn't say you did that by drugs. I said you did it by a proper uh, yoga path. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, but drugs, no. you know, drugs might might you know kind of start that you know, but it's not possible to do it just on drugs. You know. Okay. You right. you need another you know real way to do that, and that's why it says don't take drugs because. You know, you can lose your mind if you're do, going through this process. I mean, there's kundalini casualties where people who have actually, through the use of drugs, entered into these, you know, other dimensions and, and they can't come back, stuck in the astral world exactly. kind of thing. You know, and I've known some of these people and, you know, wow. th- sometimes they're kind of okay and sometimes they're just flipped out. Wow. You know, they just they just are. <laughs> The, the, I, I, when so, I was, 
uh, no, just before I came to Trondheim, before I moved to Trondheim and, and met with Trondheim Meditation and started meditating myself, that was my, my ex's uh, mother, because I, I, I'd started doing Ashtanga Yoga, what they, what they taught there in south of Sweden, and, and she warned me, like, okay, <laughs> you, you, yoga is okay, but, but be afraid of Kundalini Yoga, or she said, you know, she told me to be careful of that, because I'd never know where I'd end up if I started that, <laughs> so she was... Yeah. Well, it's true. Yeah, yeah. So. Kundalini casualties. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But let's say a person actually, you know, has proper guidance from a Kundalini master and he develops the ability to, to do these things through Kundalini. You know, there, some yogis, they'll go, they merge, they come back down, they go back up, they merge, they come back down. Mm. See, and so, you know, you know, in a joking way, they're referred to as yo-yo yogis, <laughs> up and down. You know, like a yo-yo, you go up, down, mm. up, down, up, down. Mm. But the main thing to understand is it doesn't satisfy the soul. Mm. It doesn't. And so, therefore, there's always that need for true love, true service, you know, and pure devotional activity that is not fulfilled in this process. Mm. And, you know, another thing to, to know is the kundalini process can be, and oftentimes is, very dangerous. You know, some, some of these mystics burn up their bodies, you know, in the mystic fire of yoga. I mean, you can destroy organs. You can, I've known people who've, you know, had life long damage from playing around with this energy. This is not just, wow. you know, a little bit of energy. I mean, you can actually, you know, it's the, it's the fire of the kundalini, you know. It's called the kundalini serpent, and it can go roaring up, you know, the sushumna, which is the channel which this energy takes on its way up, you know, through the chakras and so on. And along the way, just burn up things, you know, nerve damage, organ damage, oh. brain damage. You know, the brain is a big player in here. You know, it goes up through here. The mind gets completely distorted. Many, many, you know, things can happen, you know. So, but, but, again, you know, don't do it. Yeah, I was going to say that to make that clear, that's not the process that we follow. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the ascending process. It's a mechanical process. It doesn't require you know, surrender to a personality. It doesn't require, you know, receiving mm -hmm. knowledge and developing humility and mm. those, you know, divine qualities. It's a mechanical process. You know, you learn how to do it through manipulating this and that and going up and raising it and focusing and so on. It's, it's nothing to do with softening the heart. And that's why a lot of times, you know, in so doing this, the heart becomes harder, not softer. Mm. You know, it's cold, it's dry, it's, there's no love there, there's no yeah. real, yeah. you know, softening, so to speak. The other process is the descending process. See, this way you're trying to work yourself up to God, yeah. you know, and the aspect of the absolute truth that you are able to achieve at the topmost is this Brahman effulgence, which is the perimeter of the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. See, 
is still, you know, one of the aspects of the absolute truth, but it's the effulgence that emanates from the form of the Supreme Person. Hmm. The other aspect is the descending process where you, instead of going up, you go down through the process of bhakti yoga. You know, you become more and more purified of false ego. You become more and more aware of, you know, your minute <laughs> size and quantity and, you know, position in relation to the Supreme Lord. You know, the Lord is, you know, so grand and you are so insignificant. Kind of like when you're out you know, hiking and, so, and watching the mountains and, you know, I just... <laughs> yeah, when you're up, that's wow. exactly, you know, nature is so humbling. Exactly. You know, we, yeah. we kind of touched on that one other podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of these people that, you know, I'm going to conquer the mountain. Well, when you approach big nature, you better change that attitude because... <laughs> You know, you respect the mountain, and if the mountain allows you, exactly, then you may achieve the goal of summiting the highest peak in the world mm -hmm. or whatever your goal is. Mm -hmm. yes. That's the real mountaineer, the one who actually... And the other one is the guy who's, yeah, I'm going to conquer it, you know. The big waves or the big mountains or, yeah. you know, whatever. So <clears throat> the descending process is the opposite you become more and more humble, you see. And your service attitude increases, and your respect increases, mm. you know. And, you know, there's awe and there's veneration, but as the relationship grows and the warmth increases and the closeness and the love increases, the awe and respect and fear is replaced with humility and love and devotion. So the Lord actually is attracted to that. The Lord is not attracted to the kundalini master who's, here I come, like it or not, and, <laughs> you know, roaring through the different chakras and dimensions, and, mm. you know, I've arrived in the Brahma Jyoti and merging. See, he's not attracted to that because the Lord is attracted to love. Mm. See, he's not attracted to all these you know, expertise, he's attracted to love. So as one really grows spiritually, you know, the love for the Lord actually increases. And the Lord is, in, is attracted to that love. That relationship now is real, you know. And so that's, the Lord comes to the devotee. The devotee doesn't go to the Lord the Lord right, comes right, to right. The, like descending, the devotee, descending. Because the devotee is, yeah, mm. descending. He comes mm. in to our life, you know, and because of the desire of the devotee, the Lord has full reign to take over our life, you know, to to embrace us to His bosom and mm. you know shower His mercy and care and love upon us, <clears throat> and that's what. You know, all the great real bhakti masters have taught, mm. you know, develop love for God, you know, because God already loves us. And again, if we just take it back to everyday experiences that we all have, you know, the love for the father and the son, 
Mm-hmm. You know, the father's not attracted to the son becoming some great, you know, whatever. He'd much rather for the son and not not have that relationship with the father. Yeah. See, here I am. I'm the best athlete. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, best, yeah. Is that, you know, I'm the president or whatever. He never calls know. his dad. Never. <laughs> but never calls the dad. Doesn't even mention the dad. Doesn't even really, mm. you know, know that or acknowledge the dad's existence. Hmm. See? Maybe he's, he's you know, the dad's got some power. He's he's attracted to the money, if that's the power or whatever. But the dad, he's not attracted to the dad. Yeah. You say, well, the dad's not so, you know, enthusiastic about that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas here's another son who's just simple, but he just is totally subservient to and in love with his dad, and is ready to help and serve his dad at any moment in any way he can. Hmm. That's what the dad is attracted to, mm-hmm. you know. Hmm. So it's that's an example we can all relate to because it's a reality of this world. So you just transfer that same reality to the spiritual world, and you have that understanding. Hmm. But that's and that's bhakti yoga. Hmm. Which is, <laughs> which is, uh, in 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 a sense, that search for love is inherent in us, and I guess that's, you know, just speaking about we were speaking about addictions, and I guess that's the basically at the root of it. Would you say that it's perhaps the search for acceptance and love, and and like trying to fit in? I mean, there's there's. I just I just had a story about this, this guy. I uh, you know I can read maybe as, as we go, but but the but 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 he said basically I it helped me forget who I was. The feeling of get getting out of my skin was amazing. Since that first hit, I loved it. I knew then I'm a, I'm able to get out of myself, and I can use this substance to change how I feel or to not feel at all. That's exactly what I wanted that at that point in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he's escaping pain. Hmm. He's escaping disappointment. He's escaping an unhappy life. Hmm. See, so yeah, love is is the only source of true happiness. You see, but a lot of times people, if they have, if if a person has love, yeah, they're satisfied. A real love satisfies. Hmm. So they don't need anything. They're not looking for anything. They already got what they want: happiness satisfaction, fulfillment, a reason to live, everything that's required to have a fulfilled life is present in love. Well, if you don't have love, then you don't have any of those things. So therefore, that is a state of pain, suffering, depression, emptiness, loneliness. You see, a lacking, a need is unfulfilled. Kind of this. So, just like you just read that that little uh, account, this person was able to leave that. See, so his happiness now is negation of the negative. Exactly. I'm out of my skin. I'm out of my burden. I'm out of the disappointment. Mm. I'm out of me. Mm. And now I'm floating free. See, it's like the weight has been taken off my shoulders. I am 
free. Mm-hmm. You know, those few moments, and, and sometimes they're so brief, you know, but they're so elating or enlivening or so different, you know, that it's worth it. Even to the point of, this may kill me, but I'd exactly. rather, you know, die doing this than suffer, you know, in the present state. So it's it's like <laughs> negation of the negative, escape from the pain, escape from the distress. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So if you take it all back and back and back, the solution to every problem is lack of love. Or, or the solution is love, and the problem is a, is a result of lack of love. Hmm. But love for the Supreme Lord, not love of this world. See, That's why the person who has the loving wife, and he, he says, I love my wife, I love my kids, and all that, and he still commits suicide. Because you know? that love is not satisfying. I mean, that happens. It's not satisfying. It's not enough, you know. Hmm. He's not saying that, you know, I don't love my wife. He's saying that love is not enough, you know. Or why does the person who supposedly loves his wife go out and, you know, have an affair with another woman? Because that one wasn't enough. You know, he's looking for other things, hmm. you know. Or the, you know, takes his, his refuge in alcohol or whatever, whatever. It's the same thing. They're trying to substitute something for real love for the Lord. Mm. Because, the, but there is no substitute. This is, this is the thing. There is no substitute. So it, it will not work. It cannot work because there's no substitute. But that's a, <laughs> it seems like, well, I think it's a much, well, basically, you, you, we may not know about it, and it seems like an easier solution perhaps to to turn to these things or at least maybe not well that's what you have at hand like because you're told like the recipe for for happiness in society is this and this you do those steps you're still not happy so you go to the reign of the things the society tell you tells you to not do you know and you try those things as well <laughs> in your search for happiness and your search for love <laughs> right yeah. it's And that's why more and more society has kind of withdrawn from saying, don't do this. They're saying, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that was the whole movement in the 60s and 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, because, you know, the standard formula for happiness didn't work. Mm. They saw mom and dad did all those things and they got what they supposedly needed to be happy, yeah. you know, the suburban home and the good job, education and the good job and mm. the family, and and they saw it didn't make them happy. Mm. So they said, well, I'm not buying into that story, mm. you know, so let's just flip it on its ear and do everything they say don't do, let's do it, <laughs> you know. And maybe that'll work. If that didn't work, maybe the opposite will work. Exactly. <laughs> and so there, there it went. You know, hmm. you know, drop out. You know, yeah. You... Turn on, tune in, and drop out. That <laughs> was the slogan. <laughs> yeah, I remember you yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Turn on, tune in, tune in, and drop out. Okay, so they did that. That didn't work either. You see, so now they've tried the full spectrum. 
this and this, neither one worked. Uh-huh. So where do you go from here? <laughs> you know. So they kind of flip back to gross materialism. They give up all material things was the, the first step. Okay, get the material things. That didn't work. Give up the material things. That didn't work. You know, that didn't work. Go get the material things again. It's just like <laughs> clothes styles. It comes and goes. You know, bell-bottom pants. You know, before bell-bottoms, it was zoot suits where you just wore them as tight around your ankles as you could. You know, you <laughs> yeah, get yeah. your pants and go get them draped. So, you know, they feel really tight. You know, and then the bell-bottoms came out. That's the opposite. And, you know, I just had this huge bottom at your pa- bottom of your pants, you know, can't even see your feet, you know. And then, you know, don't worry, that'll go out, and the other thing will come in. And then, don't worry, that'll come back in. Yeah. Don't throw away your old clothes because they'll be in fashion, exactly. you know, 20 years later. Exactly. So it's the same thing. You know, one aspect of materialism or another, have it, don't have it, or somewhere in between, none of it works. It's kind of like chewing the chewed. So, you know, instead of taking the drugs for expiration, take, mm-hmm. the, take the drugs for numbness. Just numb out. Yeah. You see, mm-hmm. create drugs that just make you void, mm-hmm. you know, so you don't care about anything. You mm-hmm. know, just kill all the desires, the sex desire included. Exactly. You know, just numb out. Exactly. You know, and so there comes heroin. It becomes very, very popular, mm-hmm. you see, and... Exactly, because there are two, know, two kinds, like the ones that are numbing and the ones that are like making everything more exciting, in a sense. Electric. Like, <laughs> electric, yeah. 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 Mm. And, uh, but it's all false. See, it's man's attempt to try to create another solution to be mm. happiest. Mm. So... There's no other solution. There's only one solution. Love for God. Service to God. Make God the focus of your life because that's the constitutional position of the soul. In other words, constitutional position means the eternal position of the soul Mm. in relation to the supreme soul. And you can't change that constitution. So in the material world, everybody's trying to find another alternative mm. there isn't one you know but what what if you're can, can you be helped by like i mean i know there are kind of like light could you be helped by these things to come to that level where you're ready to accept the existence of a supreme person i mean or what do you do if maybe. you're maybe yeah maybe or maybe not <laughs> you know some people you know mm-hmm. have you know Seeing, oh, wow, there is another dimension. I want to know what that is, mm. you see. And that may bring them to, you know, not better drugs, but better, you know, sources of information, you know. <laughs> If there's knowledge about this other dimension, I want to know it. Yeah. And as I've mentioned before, the Lord in our heart knows when I want to know this truth. Mm. And so he will inspire me, he will guide me, he will... Make it so in my life, in one way or another, appears, you know, this added information might be just one little bit, one other little bit, you know, and I'm attracted to that. And then another little, exactly. you know, or some people, they're ready for more at one time, a bigger dose, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so, you know, he gives them a bigger dose. 
Mm. You know, and some may kind of delve in this dimension a while and then go away. But they've whatever they've achieved, they've achieved, and they'll keep that. Mm. And at some point, you know, that's where they are to begin the second part of the journey or the third part or the next part, whatever it may be. Mm. Mm. So whatever helps, helps, you know. But we're never saying drugs help. We're not saying that. We will never say that because that's totally against the teachings of yoga. It's totally against, you know, the teachings of truth. So we're not going to, you know, encourage that at all. But it's kind of saying that whatever, like, well, the path that you've, you've on brings to where you are now. Like, I, I mean, I've experienced a lot of, I mean, I regret a lot of things that I've done, but at least, you know, if I didn't do them, I probably wouldn't be here. Like, I wouldn't be me, the person that I am right now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, that also translates to what you've done in a past life as well. Mm. <laughs> See, it's described that after many, many births, one may come to this, you know, this level of, of uh, development where they're ready to, you know, really get involved. Mm. So, you know, some people are at that level now. Some may be in somewhere in some future life. Who knows that? Mm. Everybody's individual journey is their own journey. Mm. So we just try to make it so, you know, through transcendental sound and, and information that we present, if somebody is ready to hear it and so on, a person can be helped. See, mm. and uh, that's that's about all. You know, anyone can do. Because hmm. it's based on free Help will. Those. It's based on free will, and you know, what does it say? God helps those who helps themselves. Hmm. You see. So if a person receives some information, let's say self-help information, just to put a label on it, and they apply that, they're helping themselves. So God helps. He yeah. helps them get that. He helps them apply that. Mm. He's involved. Yeah. Knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah, it's not like some standoff person. Okay, you get perfect and then I'll talk to you. <laughs> but you know, uh, but I, how are you going to get perfect without the perfection of the supreme perfect? How are you going to get perfect without oh yeah, like without his help? That's what you're saying? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can't do it on our own. No. And if we just look into our lives, we can obviously see that we are not perfect. Like we have so many faults that it sometimes feels like overwhelming to to embark on, you know, this journey of trying to deal with your faults because it's just like, yeah, <laughs> where to start? <laughs> I mean, but yeah, a... you start by listening to those who tell us where to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oof. Chanting the mantras. Yeah. 
That's where you start, you know. Exactly. And Hearing and chanting. That's where you start. And this... Uh, so... Yeah, no. What were you saying? The philosophy that I have to become perfect before I can start is a flawed philosophy. It's not true. You know, you start and become purified by the process. Not you become pure and then start the process. But that's based on feeling that that's you need backwards. to be qualified. Like you need to <laughs> to deserve the things that you're getting in any way. Which you will never reach to that point where you're actually going to deserve it. It's just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that other philosophy. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm not worthy now, but to get worthy, I'm going to do this and this and this, and then I'll receive. Mm-hmm some mercy or some love or whatever. Mm. No, I mean, again, back to this world, in the world of material love that, you know, (laughs) we have some experience with. You know, the loving father is not expecting the child to be perfect before they'll love the child. Mm. You know, know, they love the child already anyway. Mm. You know, so... You know, love is not dependent on the other person's perfection. It's, you know, all-encompassing. I love you, you know, whether you're perfect or imperfect. You know, that's not, that's not the criteria for me loving you. Yeah. If it's, if it's, you know, a semblance of real love. Well, that's the thing. I don't, we, I don't think we barely know what love is. We, because that, well, we, I mean, even the love of a father, I think we all experience how our fathers have, they're doing, doing their best, but they have a lot of um, expectations and, and want to basically often perhaps live their life through you a little bit, <laughs> like expecting you to do the things that they, also, that they always dreamt of doing, like, <laughs> my, you know. Yeah, right. Or have something... They can tell their friends about, well, you know, Ruben did exactly, this. You know? Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> I have a feeling that my, my, my parents would always, would really like it if I became a, and started working as a civil engineer of environmental engineering as I have the education to, you know. <laughs> so that is my education, but I turned out a yoga teacher instead. You know? <laughs> That's not so much a brag about. Yeah, one, one uh, girl told me her, Mother was talking to her, and she was saying, you know, we meet, I meet with my friends, and they're always talking about, oh, my daughter did this, and my yeah, yeah. son did that. They're always saying good things about their children. And she said, but what can I say good about you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, it's a disappointment. But the the idea is still there, you know, love is that the the more pure the love is, the less it's dependent on external conditions. Mm. You're I love you because no. It's just I love you, not because of anything. Mm. So that's the pure love of the Lord, you know. He loves us. Not because of anything, but you know, in spite of everything. <laughs> in spite of us not you even know. thinking about him or remembering yeah. him or talking about him or daring to talk about these subjects because that's a big one, just, uh, you know, yeah. even yeah. even having the courage to, to, to look into this. I mean, it's, uh, 
Yeah, it's like, it's not popular, it's not trendy. No. <laughs> you know, it's not cool. <laughs> That's why I put this. Yeah, no, 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 I know. <laughs> but 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 for someone who wants to know the truth, I, I you know, because you can look and you can look and you can look. Uh, I mean, and I have, as you know, I have some, especially one dear friend who's just like tried everything, you know, but, but that in a sense is like better try everything and eventually come to the state where you're ready to hear the actual, actual truth, like really go down into the rabbit hole or what they say, but then just being complacent and, and like having a life that's good enough and you're happy with that. Like you're happy just having an average, you know, you're, you're okay with this. No, I don't really think about these things. I'm just going on with my life. and Yeah. Yeah. Complacency is a big problem. Yeah. But some people are more inclined to really search and, than others. Mm. The majority of people are just ready to plug in to the system, you know, and just live a mediocre life. Well, that's too bad, but, <laughs> you know, maybe some future time they'll be a little less satisfied with that. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. No, and that's what. What can you do? You know, that's well, nothing. That's that's why you know these teachings are not conversion teachings. They're just presentations of you know ideas and truths. And you know, if somebody is at that point in their life where this is interesting to them, then they will find value. Mm. And if people aren't at that point, they won't even give it five minutes of their time. No, or like want to even eat the food that you prepare to them because they feel that there is something more here at, at work, you know. So mm -hmm. I've experienced yeah. that, you know. You're, yeah. Yes. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want from me? I want Mm. Yeah. But <laughs> but yeah, the more we lead a, a healthy lifestyle and in the ways we've kind of outlined, mm. you know, the more this clears our head, you know, this this kind of makes us wake up to better thoughts and better horizons to look for and you know, let's let's do something different here. Yeah. And then that's the, what I've understood is one thing with yoga, and I mean, that's one thing that really motivates me with the, being a, a yoga teacher in terms of hatha yoga, physical yoga. That it that it kind of makes you more aware of what's going on in the inside. You 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 cleanse up in the subtle energy channels. That's what I've been been told, and so and you're bringing yourself more in the, into the mode of goodness. If we've been speaking a bit about that, you can actually you can actually start on the spiritual quest you can, you can you know that's like your your entrance way so that for me is a yeah absolutely yeah all these things you know come together i mean each each thing that a person does has its part to play mm. in the overall effect mm. Mm. 
So gradually, you know, if you live a healthy lifestyle as depicted in the yoga teaching, then that will, you know, take you to the mode of goodness. Mm. Well, that's the stepping off point to the real spiritual dimension, the, the mode of pure goodness, where you're more influenced and open to the influence of the spiritual dimension. That means the spiritual teachings, the transcendental sounds in the form of the mantras. Mm. You see the, the, the kind of impetus or, or, or direction uh, the Lord gives you in the heart. I mean, you're experiencing that influence. Mm. You know, and that's taking you in the real correct direction. Mm. So you have to come to the mode of goodness to to actually feel these these subtler, you know, emphases or or you know, boost, <laughs> mm-hmm. and to to see you know some value in in these transcendental teachings. Mm. You know, when you're covered in darkness and, you know, mode of ignorance or, you know, completely overwhelmed with passion, you know, you're, you're just not able to, to hear that or see that or feel that or even want to know that. Mm. So that's why the process is gradually come to the mode of goodness. Mm. You can't see the top of the mountain as long as the clouds are on the mountain, you see. Hmm. The mountain's there, the top is there, the beauty's there, but you can't see it. Exactly. But when the clouds are dissipated, wow, there it is, and it's a grandeur, you know. Hmm. Wow, look at that. You know, the sun shining on it and reflecting off the snow and the peaks and mm-hmm. you know it's just amazing and it was there all the time but you couldn't see it <laughs> so all this intoxication that we were recently referring to that's the that's a big cloud that's a big cloud over you you know you can't see through that you know and you know the all the 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 diets that people follow you know the non-vegetarian diets or even the junk food diets that may be vegetarian or even vegan. You see, that's still a cloud. It still covers us. Mm. You know, maybe not as thick as the intoxication cloud, but still, it's a cloud. And so as you, you know, develop these, you know, better habits of life, then the clouds get thinner the veil starts parting, you know, and you can start to see the silhouette. Mm. <laughs> so the mode of goodness kind of opens things up. Because you might not even, yeah, like you say, you might not even be, be aware or someone may tell you of the mountain, but but you have, you know, you're completely sure that there's no mountain. <laughs> That's most of the case, I think. You're like, yeah. Just, 
what mountain there <laughs> why would you <laughs> you have all the mountain climbers you know they're taking on your their equipment and trying to you know going and going at it and, and preparing for it preparing for the journey and you're like looking at them like what are you guys doing you're weird there's no mountain here <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's. Uh, so you know the the whole yoga system is is scientifically perfect, you know, and not only physical science, but this subtle science, you know, to to clear up the subtle body as well. Yeah. You know, mm. So. You know we. The yoga system is perfect because it comes from the Supreme Lord. That's where the yoga system comes from. Mm. It's not some, you know, yogi figured it out one day, <laughs> you know, just bing, and there he, you know, came up with all this truth, you know. No, it comes from the source, you know, handed down through perfect yogi since time immemorable. Well, yeah, when you're saying that, because I, before in my life, that's like, I've been thinking that yoga is so perfect because it's so old, you know, <laughs> but it goes deeper than that. Like, it's not just that it's like the oldest health system and, and wellness system in all levels, but it's actually like originates, it's it's the source of it that's of importance. Yeah, yeah. It's eternal, it's not old. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's eternal. Mm. <laughs> mm. So that's that's what we're trying to do is encourage people to take a look. You know, hey, why not? <laughs> yeah. We're looking at something all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, we are <laughs> spending a lot of time looking at things. <laughs> <laughs> looking at what screens in uh, like 10 hours a day or something in norway i think it is or it's crazy like screen time is that day. the average i think it's something like that it's crazy wow um, um i'm gonna google it <laughs> google knows all the answers but i've heard something like that you said we were gonna we can do that another time speak about smartphones and screens i think that's a very important, yeah we'll do that another, another important topic yeah nothing well it's important and it's very relevant like if you just said 10 hours a day looking at screens i mean that's it's serious stuff and it's not all people work you know eight hours a day because that's their job i mean mm -hmm. you know it's it's a lot of people that are spending that much time, it has nothing to do with a job. So, so, so it says that, wow. Yeah. Um, it says during the period of, during the survey period of January 2014, 12-year-olds in Norway spent 12-year-olds spent an average of 207 minutes in front of a TV screen. 207 minutes. Daily. That's almost huh? five hours, four and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Daily. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, four. 
270 minutes is four and a half hours. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how I... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Almost four hours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's going to be another talk. But... Um, and that's 2014. Well, that's, you know, more now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, old, that's outdated, man. That's six years ago. There was a... There was a really nice quote that made me think, and it's really short and nice and simple. Um, and there was a singer, you know him, you know, the singer that I was singing at Tom McDonald. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. So he, he said in one of his lyrics, he said, we worry a lot about, like, I'm paraphrasing now, like how, how we should leave uh, a better planet for our kids. But we don't worry a lot how we should leave better kids for our planet. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Very good. You know. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah, the planet will do well. It's the people on it that mess it up. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's we got everything backwards. I don't care which subject you look at it, it's basically backwards mm -hmm. you know, our understanding is just backwards yeah yeah and that's you know, like the, the the global warming crisis you know and let's say it's man-made which is you know the general consensus for many people mm -hmm. and greenhouse gases and so on mm. okay so if you look at what causes all of that, it's our consumption, our exploitation yeah. of the planet trying to be satisfied. Yeah. See, we're over-consuming everything, mm. you know, whether it's the animal food industry, whether it's the manufacturing of all the unnecessary things that we have, <laughs> or whether it's the transportation industry, you know, that's mm. doing it, or all that combined, whatever. If you look at it, it's all because we're not satisfied inside, so we have to consume and consume. And to consume, you've got to manufacture, and to manufacture, you've got to get raw materials. Exactly. You know, and to get raw materials, you've got to exploit the planet. Exactly. And Whether you it's know, metals or it's animals or it's whatever it is we're consuming. like Whatever it is, and therefore you you got the problem. Whereas if you're satisfied inside, you don't need to consume endlessly to try to satisfy an infinite need with a finite source, mm. then you, you, that's the real solution. But nobody's promoting that. They say maintain the consumption, but let's do it in a cleaner way. Recycling is the answer. You know. <laughs> so... They've, like I say, everything is, is backwards. They don't have the desire to really solve the problem. So you have cleaner mm. sources of the items to consume, but you're still consuming and you're still unsatisfied. And, you know, raw materials are still being used. Mm. And on and on the story continues to go, mm. you know. But if you don't need any of those 
unnecessary things, see, then you automatically solve the problem. Which so self satisfaction is the pro- is the solution. Which, which and that's a spiritual solution. Which is exactly what you know. Uh, again, like you said, it's kind of like backwards. Well, well, that was ex- exactly the way that I was feeling and thinking when I turned away from my path of like environmental engineer uh, work, where I had previously been in that consciousness of wanting to, or I've always been wanting to do make it a, make a better world, you know. But I was in the idea of like this is the way to do it because this is what I know. Like technology, try to change it, but then I realized exactly like that quote said like we need to have better kids for our planet leave better kids for our planet like we need to change people from the from the inside that's what we need we need to change yeah. <laughs> we just and that's the that's absolutely neglected hmm. that is completely neglected that is not the approach yeah and, and so therefore we don't really solve anything we just keep moving things around, but we don't solve anything. But why? Why do we? I mean, we just like, yeah. This is this goes back to you know addictions and everything. But why? Why don't we? What's what's hindering us? What's in the way? You know, it's like false ego covered with a false ego. You know, thinking I'm the Lord. You know, I'm the I'm the enjoyer. As long as I think I'm the enjoyer, if this is my consciousness, that. I'm the enjoyer. The purpose of life is to enjoy. And therefore, planet Earth is for my purpose to enjoy. Mm. Everything is for me to enjoy. The resources, you know, the different skills I have, the body, which I think I am, Mm. you know, my senses, which I follow, my mind, which is controlling me. All of that is for my enjoyment. Yeah. Well, there's no God in the formula. It's not in about serving God. It's nothing. That's not part of the philosophy. That's not part of, you know, what I'm taught, what I see, what my mm. examples that I follow is. No. It, it's not a teaching that is even relevant in society. Mm. So therefore, I'm, you know, I got to be a, a total you know, outcast to even follow the other's truth, you know? I got to just reject everything. In other words, to a degree, I got to just say, I don't believe you. I'm not going to do that. Well, we don't do that. Yeah. You know, we're a product of our environment. We're a product of our association. We're a product of, you know, our karma from our past lives, Mm -hmm. you know, and the mentality I bring into this life. You know, and then it's just reinforced and reinforced. And, you know, I get educated with higher levels of education, you know, on how to play God better. <laughs> and, and, you know, on and on. And, and you, get, you get stuck in that. I mean, you, you I, I, I turned another direction because it just like I, I just had to. But I think once you get the more, the more education you get, like you, you get like, 
steered into the pattern of like having to use it i've had always that like in the back of my head i mean more and more it's like i'm realizing that i don't really don't need it but it's like since i have this education i have to use it you know so the more that you get involved in that world and and that path it's like it gets more complicated you suddenly have the kids that you thought were going to make you happy the the top job the the everything you know you're just like getting more and more it's like stuck in the mud so to speak you know what i mean that it's really hard to like turn away from all of that it's entangled that's the word i was looking for is the word <laughs> yeah like this like the fly in the spider web mm -hmm. the more movement you make the more you get entangled <laughs> and, but you know then the, the rebuttal is, well, that's life. <laughs> well, does it have to be that way? That's really... It's not life, it's death, but we've put that label of life on it. That's normal. That's exactly. how it is. Exactly. Suffering is normal. It's normal to struggle. And... So then you break away like the, 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 the people we did in the six, late 60s and 70s. You know, okay, you try to break that cycle and that whole entanglement mm -hmm. and involvement, and you get entangled in another whole web <laughs> of hedonistic enjoyment. You know, no rules, just do whatever you feel like. And then, you know, that includes the, you know, illicit sex and the drugs and, mm. you know, the, the just, you know, low life, you know, existence. And, yeah. But that didn't make it work either. So now, like I say, we flip back to the other part, you know, now the other thing, the education and the blah, blah, blah <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, clean up the planet. The planet would be clean if it wasn't for us, you know, following insatiable desires to be happy through material means. Mm. You know, it's, you know, whether we walk up a mountain to ski down or reach it by a helicopter, I'm still trying to get my satisfaction coming down that mountain, you know, on a snowboard or skis <laughs> or whatever, you know, and, and, and that's finite. It's, it's only so much satisfaction there. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to end how many years in this body can, can I do that? Because bodies get old, Yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I no longer can, can do that anymore. Mm. Okay, now what have I got left? You know, that was my life. You know, I was just reading about this surfer who, you know, he's one of the best big wave riders in the world. Some say he is the best, of course, that's relative. But anyway, he had this, this terrible, you know, wipeout, you know, in, in uh, Morocco in 2020, chasing, you know, the biggest storm that had come through the Atlantic and <laughs> years and years and years. And, you know, well, he made a little miscalculation and got slammed on a rock and broke his pelvis in two and, you know, tore his knee up and all kinds of things in life and death situation. And they managed to get him out. And, and you know, he had to be, you know, medevaced, air, back, air medevaced back to the States because the Medical, you know, uh, care in, in Morocco wasn't sufficient to deal with his injuries. And wow. so anyway, he spent months in rehabbing and 11 hours a day and whatever, 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 
just so he can go and get back on a surfboard. Yeah. You know, and and he said, surfing is my life. You know, okay, so he survived that one. And but eventually old age is going to be something the doctors can't fix. <laughs> Yeah. You know, well, did they debate and, that? And then, <laughs> <laughs> then it's, it's, you know, in other words, it's so finite, it's so short term. The mm-hmm. thrill is amazing, the adrenaline rush is, you know, unbelievable or whatever, whatever, but it's not the real solution. This is what people just refuse to understand. There is an ultimate high that's beyond any of the highs you can get from any other activity, be it drugs or extreme sports or, you know, whatever. See, an ultimate natural high, and that's love for God. And that is this high that nothing can take away and nothing can replace. And it's fulfilling, and you don't need anything, mm-hmm. you know. The only thing you need is to give other people that same opportunity, to try to convince them that this is the real solution. Mm. See, so there's a win-win for everybody in that situation. And old age doesn't touch it. (laughs) You know, cancer doesn't touch it. You die, you don't die. You just move out of this house and you go wherever the Supreme Lord wants you to go, back to him you know, in his personal abode or take another birth and and continue on delivering his message of truth, whatever. I mean, that's that's his decision, not ours. Mm. You know, and you're completely perfect no matter what position you find yourself in because you're in the same eternal position of loving servant to God. Mm. Mm. Whether you're in the spiritual world or, you know, in the material world, connecting people to the spiritual world, or what, it's still perfect. Hmm. See? And that message is not being transmitted at all. No. <laughs> no. And not in... And if it is, it's... it's, it's if it is, it's some, some maybe less than perfect understanding way, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they aren't spiritual teachers. They are, but I'm talking about in general. People are not getting this message. No, and and I mean, what I was going to say is you don't get it from religious teachers, or I haven't gotten it from religious teachers. I didn't get it from religious teachers, and that's why I so-called turned away from religion and and just, you know, found another way and just for for a time believed that I was God because that was the only feasible option from there. But But we... talked about that story but yeah it's it's again it's there's so much more than than what you hear from those people as well like from what you hear at church and what you hear it's kind of like in this correct direction but it's just so much more and and and, you know that never just like satisfied me fully what i heard and, and the experiences that i had it was better than a lot of other things but it wasn't really enough you know, yeah, didn't quite. But there are a lot of people. That's what they're ready to hear, and so great, hear that. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. If that's if that's a you know rings a bell with you, then great. Mm.
Ja. So, yeah. Hmm. So maybe we better have a little kirtan. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that you know? there's a wonderful, wonderful meditation that we wanted to share with all the viewers and the listeners and, and everyone. So, yeah. Always. Kirtan is congregational chanting of the mantras. That's mm. what we do. <laughs> you know, and it's all purifying because it's non different than the all pure Supreme Lord Himself. And, you know, the contamination is the problem. The soul is pure eternally. But we've got many layers of contamination, and that's the problem. You know, so the mantras can actually purify us of many, many different layers of contamination. See? So, yeah, and it's, it's very enjoyable. It's, it's fun. <laughs> we like it. It's like you know. a... Fun and good, night. Yeah. yeah, like dispersing that cloud. I just had that image in my head now again, like the cloud on the mountain there. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know when my spiritual master, Siddhasarupananda, introduced me to these mantras, you know, he just, it is very simple, you know. Hey, here's something you can chant, and, you know, it, it's going to do a lot of things good for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, on that topic, some people ask about the meaning of these mantras, and, and is, is that something that you feel is important to to know? Or, well, we're going to do just a mantra tonight with two different words: Goranga and Haribo. So these mantras are either names of the Supreme Lord, or. Uh, referring to the Supreme Lord, like Hari, one of God's names. Bo means to chant, so chant God's names. You know, the names of God are non-different than God. That's the absolute world. You know, in the material world, the object and the name of the object are not the same. They're different, you know. So I may be hungry, and I can say banana, 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 till I go bananas, and I'm still hungry. I've got to actually take the object banana and eat it. Oh, now. See, but that's the relative world. In the absolute world, the name and the object are the same. Don't try to figure it out with the mind because you cannot. See, but it's an absolute fact. So when I say the name of God, I am in the presence of God. God is present in his name. And therefore, that's where the purification comes from. The name is all pure. God is all pure, no different, and therefore I become purified. So by chanting God's names, which is so easy, so simple, and so, so you know, enlivening and fun and appealing and attractive, I can become purified. Hmm. I mean, we're singing all the time anyway. So, or listening to someone else sing. For sure. So why not, you know, take that same activity and take it to the purifying spiritual level? Yeah. 
Oh, so the meaning. Goranga means he whose body is more beautiful than molten gold. It's actually describing the form of the Supreme Lord. Lord Goranga. His bodily complexion was golden in color. He was on this planet 500 years ago. And so he was known as Goranga. Mm. And Hari is one of God's names, you know, which means to steal away, to take away. God steals our hearts. Mm. You know, he, he takes our hearts away from the material attachments and entanglements. Mm. And Bo means to chant, chant the names of Hari, Hari Bo. You know, so, you know, sometimes you might hear a phrase, praise the Lord. Well, this is Hari Bo. Chant the Lord's name. Praise the Lord, and it's chanting his name. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of understanding. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the process is called Shravanam Kirtanam. Shravanam means to hear, Kirtanam means to chant. So the leader chants, and everyone listens, and then everyone responds, and the leader listens. So I have my friends here from Chintamani Studio, which will be responding to my chanting. Ruben will be responding, and you can just channel. Ah, uh-huh. 
Sankirtan, meditation with music and mantras. Simple, fun. Easy, <laughs> fun, simple. And uh, there's no hard and fast rules, so you can do it with any tune. You can do it to any type of music. You can use any instruments. You can have no instruments. Just clap in your hands. Whatever, however. You know, the potency is in the mantras. It's not in all the arrangements. So, you know, and as we all know, there's always some songs running around in our heads. So you can have the mantras right there with you all the time. That's uh, and and uh, as we know, songs really get stuck to your mind. Like if you hear a good song, and it's just like. It gets stuck to your mind for a really long time. So <laughs> if you can add mantras to that song and make it play in your mind for you with the mantras on it, amazing. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a song, especially one little piece of a song, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, a little verse or a little segment of a verse gets stuck in there. Exactly. So, you know, the mantra can get stuck in there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's leave leave it so, there. So, yeah. It's been good. Thank you. Always always a pleasure. Yeah. You know, with these podcasts Ruben and I do, we never know where it's going. We just <laughs> have a starting point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you know, one uh, one lady, in fact, over years, more than one person, you know, has has accused me of saying, well, "You say the same thing. You just repeat the same things over and over." But you know, it's. It's the truth is the truth, you know. Mm. If the problem for, uh, I mean, if the if the problem has a solution, you want to tell that thing solution. You know the root of the problem. You want to say the same thing. How many times you ever heard people tell you, "Don't smoke," you know, it'll mm. cause cancer. Don't smoke, you know, it'll cause heart trouble. Don't smoke. Yeah. You know, fifty percent of the people that smoke die of smoke-related illness. How many times you hear that? You know, oh, you're saying the same thing over and over, but that's what you need to hear, you know. The problem is the cigarettes. Don't buy them. Don't use them. Don't smoke them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're just trying to give people a true answer. You know, we can say all kinds of things that, you know, won't solve the problem, but what's the point in that? You know, and if you read scripture, well, I don't care if it's the Bhagavad Gita or the Bible or, you know, any scripture, basically this message is the same again and again, again and again, again and again, because that's the message. (laughs) But once a person actually develops a taste for transcendental sound, you know, and that includes mantras and the the philosophy, these teachings and so on, you know, you don't get tired of it. It's just you want to hear it again, and it reinforces it. You hear it from a different angle, and Mm. wow, you know, and it gives you a little clearer understanding, you know, than you had, you know, before. And you knew it, but this is a little more clear now, or it reinforces what you know, and then when you try to give it to somebody else, you have more ability to do so, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Valkia. <laughs> and we'll see you All next right, week Ruben, again. All right, Ruben, thank you very much. See you next uh, week, probably. <laughs> yeah. Let's see where the discussion heads <laughs> next Monday. <laughs> All right. All right. Namaste. Haribo. Namaste. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with us today and have a wonderful day. Do check out our new link tree uh, so that you can get the links to various social media pages and where you can contribute to the podcast, uh, ask your questions, etc, etc. And I'm looking forward to see you very soon again. Remember to stay true to yourself and dare to break trail.